0: This is The bass is Calling. My name is Valentin Schütz, and today I'm with Ben. Ben, happy to have you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, Another podcast in person, my second one, also in New York again. Ben, for those of our listeners who don't know you, can you give a brief introduction? Who are you? What are you doing?
1: Sure. Um, So thank you again for having me. I'm Ben Simantov. Um, better known as Ben Gingy. That's my handle on uh, both Instagram and TikTok. Um, I'm a baker, chef, and content creator. I'm putting that in that uh, sequence uh, for a reason. I define myself as a professional baker and chef, and content is uh, my medium to uh, share my passion and expertise with others. I'm basically doing anything that relates to baking these days. Um, If it's consulting to bakeries uh, for a menu, training stuff, I have a private catering business with my wife. My wife is the chef as well. And I'm creating content about baking, teaching people. So everything that relates to dough and the passion to it, I'm there.
0: Uh, That was a really grounded... Calm introduction of what you actually do. I mean, you had a big success since COVID. You have more than three hundred thousand followers on Instagram, nearly a million on TikTok, yeah. eight hundred thousand, whatever. That's what sure. the, the last number I saw. So you, yeah, you put already your name on the landmark. Maybe that's that's what I how I would call it. Um, but how did that all start? How did you start creating content? and realizing, okay, there is, you know, people like the things I do.
1: Yeah. So I I worked for a couple of years in restaurants in Israel for the most known chefs in the country uh, in various positions, uh, starting as a cook and then developed to be um, a kitchen manager and the chef of the restaurants. I ran the catering business. So I've been involved in the kitchen part, uh, not content at all. And my both parents are doctors, and I'm the oldest, so they expected me to get a, a become good, a chef. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say <laughs> um, to get an academic uh, background. In they wanted me to become a doctor or engineer or lawyer, or whatever. Um, so when I told my mom that I want to be a, a chef or at least to uh, dedicate my life to food, she took it very poorly. Um, but I kept going, and eventually, after a couple of years working in the kitchen, I um, found out a university in Italy, in Piemonte, running by a slow food, uni- slow food organization, the university called University of uh, Gastronomic Science, and I got my academic background there in food science, as I said. And basically, when I moved to Italy, I started sharing my um, adventures and things that I've been exposed to both pictures and videos with my uncle uh, and currently live in New York. And he was pretty amazed by the stuff that I've been exposed to in terms of food and culture and everything. And he told me like, hey, I think that you should start producing content about it and share it with the world. And open an Instagram and start figuring it out. And I was like, I, I don't even know how to produce content. And he was like, start doing that and you will evolve from there. And I basically started not, no any experience before and I just started sharing pictures and videos. But looking backwards, I definitely understand that I didn't share real value there. It was beautiful pictures and beautiful videos, but nothing really like teaching or like providing people something interesting. Um, then COVID happened and my wife, that back then was my girlfriend, uh, we split up. She moved to the state back and I moved to Israel. And for a couple of uh, months, I've been just baking and to my uh, neighbors and selling my, my food. And then there was an opportunity to come to the States, and I came here. And basically, I we got married. I applied for green card, and by that time, I, I couldn't leave the country, and I couldn't work legally, so I've been pretty bored at home. And Instagram started the, to do some changes in the app and providing different features, and I was like, okay, I put too much effort in that for a couple of months. And it didn't really work out. I had like, I don't know, 3,000 followers. And I just like gave up in a way. I was like, it doesn't work. I I, I just do something else. And after two months, um, we drove to our honeymoon in Florida. And on our way back, my uncle that I mentioned before, called me and he was like, listen, Instagram now pushing very hard the reels that are... Um, to to compete with TikTok. And I definitely think that you should give it a a try. So I played with the algorithm a little bit and, you know, like try to uh, understand the features that Instagram provided with the reels. And once I understood that uh, there is something there, uh, and at least something that I can work with, I tried to figure out how to really squeeze baking that is such a long process into 30 seconds uh, videos. And I couldn't figure it out. And then I saw a video that was very successful back then about someone that made a pita, a pita bread. And I was like, okay, so that's how you show how to bake in thirty seconds. And I started producing videos about baking, showing the whole process from the beginning, from kneading, like literally combining flour and water, to the final product in all thirty seconds. And I have to say that a great I'm I'm super grateful for it, but it took off from the the very the very beginning. Um I saw that usually my videos were like, I don't know, two, three thousand views, and then the first video that I upload with that was with the reels was like, I don't know, 5,000. Then I was like, wow, that's amazing. I-, I will go with another video. So I uploaded another one the day after and it was 10,000 views. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Let's do another one. So the other day I did a blue bread, blue sourdough bread that I made from um, blue butterfly pea flour that are natural coloring. And I used the water, the tea um, for the bread and it's exploded. It got like a couple of millions of views and basically the rest is history. Like I started producing content constantly all the time, both on Instagram and TikTok and it just exploded. And yeah, that's the brief story.
0: I saw your post with the um the blue bread. Um, It's amazing. Um, I like, how is he doing that? And yeah, I I was really excited. I went through your your reels on TikTok and I saw how you started and you introduced yourself at one point. You said, hey, I'm Ben and now I'm talking English and I'm introducing myself and you're going to see me more and hear me talking. And today we're going to talk about two things which I'm really interested in is first, how you as an Israeli targeted an international audience. And second, you focus on bread, so really like um, pastry and bread and bread. That's what what I see. I hope that's correct. And how that? How Yeah. How did you decide for that? And how this um, impacts your brand? You know, or also makes your brand sharper. But let us maybe we start there. How did you start with bread? And how do you do you think in the Instagram game, if the in the creator game, that's an advantage to focus on one thing. So
1: it, it's actually. It's a, it's a good question. I, as I, as I mentioned before, I worked in restaurants for a couple of years. I, I actually ne- never baked. Uh, so professionally, uh, my my experience, my professional experience, I never baked anything. And when I lived in Italy, uh, there it was like the first year of my um, life in Italy, in the university, and everything worked well for me, and I kind of like got uh, full of myself and my dad got into baking uh, it's another funny story uh, and he was uh, calling me one day and he was like i think that you should give a try to baking it will really make you modest and yeah will teach you a lot about i don't know about life about yeah. baking about everything uh, and i gave it a try i got a recipe from him that uh, looking backwards it wasn't that great recipe sorry dad uh, but um, yeah and the bread came out pretty good, eh, I would say, because you can't beat a fresh bread that's coming out of the oven. But it wasn't perfect. And something there, eh, for me, like the seeking for the perfect loaf eh, was for me a very inspiring journey eh, to kind of nail the process and understand how to do that. And it was also a time that... I, I feel very comfortable to say these days that when I worked in the kitchen, I was—I'm a very good soldier. If you show me how to do a dish, uh, how to run the stuff, how to do stuff, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really good at that, uh, in mimicking and understanding processes and and just following the, the the lead. But I I didn't feel that I have the enough experience or knowledge. To develop recipes myself, to develop menus myself, to run a restaurant, buy my own my own restaurant, and when I moved to Italy, it was like kind of like part of me just like wanted to to find my 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 my, my place in in the food world, and when I started baking sourdough, I felt that I can definitely. Uh, develop myself uh, to become a professional baker. So that's how I became a baker. How is
0: baking bread is baking or focusing bread or on baking bread? baking bread, how is that shaping your brand, your brand brand. On, on social media? How does it help you? Do you think it's an advantage to have this one thing you're focusing on? Because, you know, Instagram is full of food videos, cooking videos, and you also want to build a brand. Do you think it's a, does it help you in, in what sense?
1: So I would say that uh, basically when we are talking about content, it's really hard to define like what works and what doesn't, you know. Um, I can tell from my personal experience, yes, focusing on one thing, um, it's, it's helpful. It's uh, defining your brand very uh, well to your audience. At the same time, you know, when I'm diving into the baking world, I, I, I look at that from like an outside perspective and I see that like for me, I'm not that niche because baking is is a lot of things. I I also like these days I'm having an identity crisis. <laughs> I'm trying to define who I am because I really understand these days I'm not a baker um uh, per se. I'm not only baking stuff. I I would call myself a dough man. Uh, I'm working with dough. If it's like pasta, noodles, dumplings, uh, bread, sourdough. Uh, cakes, uh, pastries, everything. So everything that evolved dough, when I, when I ask about like defining a one niche and, and nail it, personally, when I'm looking on other creators that are doing everything, that are doing food, for me, it's like I, I try to understand what, what guide them what content to produce and what content to like focus on. For me, it's very easy. Okay, it's need to be something with dough. For them, it's like, Okay, so you're doing food. What is food? Okay, it can be uh, one cuisine. It can be um breakfast things. It can be it can be food, but it needs to be, in my opinion, a little bit more defined. Um I feel that I w- when I'm touching about baking, I feel that is in in baking it's very good to like own this niche. The reason for that is most bakers are actually um Re- really modest people and very hard workers. Um, none of them really care about uh, creating content. So in that in that realm, I feel that like I'm I'm pretty odd in <laughs> in the bakers world um, because I love the 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 presence on social media and I love that people are like engaging with my content and it's mostly things that I don't see other bakers doing. So I'm I'm talking with other creators. All the time, and you know, collaborators and stuff. And I asked them uh, to learn, not actually to like uh, feed my ego. I'm asking them like, who are like bakers? Are you learning from? Uh, like you're getting inspiration. You learn how to do uh, recipes and stuff. And they're always referring to me. So I really feel that like I kind of working on mastering the niche. Um, yeah, and having an issue is great thing. I I have a a, a close friend from Israel, um, Idan, that he better known as the Challah Prince. He is actually in COVID. He developed a full brand that is focusing only on challah bread, uh, which is amazing for me. When he just started, I was like, okay, how creative you can come up with like only one, not baking one type of bread, only challah and he nailed it. He, he is the Hala king. He calls himself challah prince. Funny. But uh, he is the Hala king in the world. Every time that you want to get any inspiration for challah bread, you go for him. So I would say, yeah, owning a niche, it's great. I,
0: I love what you say, because um, when thinking about it um, deeper, I mean, the greater economy also for chef is getting hotter. So there are going to be more people in it. And how do you differentiate yourself? How are you credible? credible? At the beginning, of course, you needed to hold a camera and those who put out content gained the viewers because there was no content. But now there is a lot of content. How are you? And of course, as a viewer, I want to follow people and I want to cook from people because it takes time i really trust in and if a person is producing you know like you one bread after another i trust you that you are able to bake bread you know but if you are doing like everything you know then i might have my 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 issues believing that you are good in all of those things because it's so diverse and different and um, so I, I i like the strategy a lot and when you decided to okay start baking bread sharing it did Did you start in in hebrew Hebrew at the beginning beginning. you know did you communicate in hebrew or was it straight in english
1: so for many years i I was very embarrassed of my english I, i i did study english in high school and was actually like very good student but i in school they don't really teach you how to speak and communication skills. So for many years, I I basically avoided speaking English. When I met my wife, my wife is American, uh, born and raised here in New York, I um, kind of learned English from her, from our relationship. So I learned English a couple of years ago, really how to to talk and communicate. Um, And my accent, as everyone can hear... Uh, is very Israeli and very aggressive, um, very very particular. What, what, what
0: should I say? My my mother tongue is English, um, German. So you know that's the most aggressive language, at least to stereotypes. <laughs> I,
1: I would say that Israeli is even more aggressive, but uh, yeah. So. I remember that when I moved here, before I started producing Reels, as we talked before, and I tried to like work out my social media presence, but still just like a couple of hundreds, thousands, like hundreds, comma, thousands um, followers. I did one video where I talked in 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 English and I put it on TikTok that was back then a little bigger than Instagram in, in terms of following. And... Lots of people laughed on my on my accent. Like they were like, I don't know, a thousand comments, nine hundred ninety nine were on my accent. Like, oh, you're so Israeli. What is this accent? What is this R? What is this? Like, you know, they laughed on everything, and I was I actually got very insulted. Um, but then my content, when I started producing reels, basically I just shouted the name of the dish, the name of the bread, at the beginning of the video. And then, yes, that this is my signature at the end of the video. So there were not that much um, accent there. So I felt very comfortable like speaking in my videos because you can't really tell where am I from. Actually, till these days, people don't really understand where am I from. They understand that I have a particular accent and I'm not from here. But they don't really can tell. Some think that I'm German. Some people think that I'm uh, French. Uh, so that's about that. I, I, would, I would encourage people to, at least whoever wants to succeed in America, I learned that Americans love accents. And it's also, you know, we talked before about defining yourself in a, a particular niche, specific niche that like I'm a baker and not like a food creator. And that is very specific. So same and this is my identity. So every time that you will want to bake something, especially bread, you will like be like, oh, Ben Gingy, he's baking bread. I will go for him for his recipes. I feel that my special accent is also something that's very memorable and build my brand and people recognize me for that. And I would say that today, that's my character from like being very shy and very nervous about it and how would people react to them. I'm like so proud and so out there, like, talking about it. And yeah, I love it. So I w- I would absolutely encourage everyone that wants to succeed in, in, with an international audience, no matter your English skills, no matter your accent, you will be fine. Um, just a side story. The president of the university that I studied in Italy is a very well-known uh, guy mostly in Europe, but all over the world. His name is Carlo Petrini. He started the slow food um, movement, let's say 40 years ago. Don't uh, catch me on the date. Uh, Basically, he he protested um, in Rome against the first opening of the McDonald's Uh, brand in Italy and he was like it can't be that McDonald's this American fast food chain will come to Italy that is so rich in culture and history about the cuisine and everything and basically it didn't work like McDonald's open all over the country but he started the movement there and lots of people joined him and he started in Italy then um, developed out to a little bit more uh, countries in Europe, than America, than all over the world, and he doesn't speak a word in English. Like, really, few words, and there was a guy in my class, one of my classmates, that one day I talked with him about my accent, about my English, that I'm a bit, like, insecure, and he told me, you know, always remember Carlo Petrini, look what a change he brought in the world, and he doesn't speak a word in English, he has a translator. And sometimes he's speaking very broken English and he's still able to bring a change and influence people. And that's that was like really something that I will remember forever. It's really inspiring to see someone that is like a leader, a true leader He doesn't speak a word in English and he's speaking to international audience. So
0: I, I like that story a lot. I didn't know that, especially because that movement is called Slow Food. I mean, uh, per se, English. And also your message, really strong and important for creators. in in the whole world that, you know, they, they can talk their English. And actually the accent doesn't matter because English is a world language and there are a lot of different accents and people actually hear, I mean, I see it with myself, they love it, you know, so they, they are like, Hey, where are you from? I like your accent. So, um, Ben, I, your, I think your English is perfect. How it is. I think you would lose a lot from a brand. Um, and personality. If you would talk like an American, I think there are enough people who talk like Americans. So um, I think that is really nice, and I think every American would and English um, native would um, underline that. And when you when you decided to go international, it's not just the language, but there is also a huge potential. We talked about that um, when we met a um, couple of days ago. You talked about suddenly the world opened to you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, what it did to your yeah, potential as a creator? So I would, uh,
1: talking about the international audience, I would like to uh, split my answer to, into two. The first thing is, I produce content in apps that are international, Instagram and TikTok. Both TikTok and Instagram Reels are uh, open to people from all over the world. So that's, that's the first way that I got introduced to people from uh, around the globe and uh, started to talk to international audience. So that's related to the app. Me myself, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm Israeli, and Israel, as well as America, is known for being a melting pot for cultures from all over the world. Um, Israel is more into the Jewish side. And Arabic influence from the neighbors and America's people from all over the world. So as I grew up and lived in Israel, I've been exposed to cultures from like literally everywhere, um, all the time. If it's language, if it's cultures, if it's um customs, if it's languages, whatever, uh, especially food. So, you know, um you, you can really see like all my friends. A mix of cultures: Polish and Romanian, and Iraqian, and uh, Afghan, and Chinese, and Peruvian, and whatever—like people from all over the world. So those things really expose me to uh, foods from everywhere, and that's what I'm trying to uh, share on my content. Um, not limiting myself only to Israeli baking, or to a specific country even though I really admire like certain countries about their baking culture. But in general, I'm trying to show people that my language is baking. I also finish every post of mine. And, um, uh, my signature at the end of the video is yes, but um, the, the end sentence of every uh, post that I'm posting is we are all bread. And I'm trying to encourage people that Not necessarily bread. Bread is my own language, but food is the world language. And that's how we bring people together. That's how we um, solve problems in anything that we have in the world, in my my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to communicate it with everyone and, you know, respect every culture that I can uh, by baking their own stuff.
0: I, I I like that. I agree with that, you know, food is connecting us all. We all need to eat. doesn't matter where you come from. But there is also a financial monetary business aspect behind it from a creator because you need to pay your bills um, to reach an international audience. And I would be really interested in how that changed your... Your way, your perspective as a creator, because now you're a full-time creator. You live from that. You don't work in a restaurant. What do you think is the benefit there? Maybe thinking about uh, a guy, um, an Israeli guy or girl who is producing content in Hebrew. Um, Why should they produce in English, for example?
1: So... Basically first of all I, I'm coming from a very small country so definitely for me if I need to choose between speaking in Hebrew or speaking in English I would definitely choose the English Israel is a very small market and a, from like a business perspective and people in Israel speak English so speaking English I'm speaking to everyone um, so that's my way to communicate I would say that like in terms of business it really depends what are your goals. Everyone with own uh, with his own perspective. Um, some people would love to open a, a, a restaurant or a bakery and they want to promote it. So I would definitely encourage them to speak in the specific um, location language. If I want to open a bakery in Germany, I, I would create my content in German. Um, maybe I will... Also, translate a little bit to English, but I will do it in German because I want to get German audience from the area. If I want to work on in a digital brand, that's what I'm doing: uh, having a newsletter, website, um, working on my YouTube, TikTok, and everything. And I'm basically my business is um, digital. Then speaking to like audience from all over the world is just like just bigger audience, you know. So from that perspective, I I can touch more people.
0: So you mean it really depends on what is your goal and then you need to think, okay, who is your audience and how can I communicate to that audience? That's um, a really, really good point. And there is one thing, okay, to build audience, there is, you know, to get um, viewers and followers, that's the one side, but um, bills are not paid by followers. How do you personally monetize your audience? How do you make money with it?
1: So first of all, I'm, I'm doing partnerships like uh, with brands that I promote on my channel that want to reach uh, my audience uh, specifically, as we said before, because I'm defined, very defined as a baker and as a baking digital academy, we call it. Um, Brands are seeking for people that are very interested in this specific niche and coming for me to get an um, an ad, an advice or a guidance. Um, so everything that relates to baking and food in general, brands are coming to me and I'm promoting them. That's one way. And the other, as I said before, I'm doing really m- many many things that like coming from Instagram and I'm trying to. Um, I mentioned that at the beginning, I'm trying to keep content in uh, social media in general as the way for me to promote my business. It's not my business, this thing. Uh, My business is, as I said, consulting and building menus and training um, staff for restaurants, for bakeries. I have my um, catering business with my wife. I'm I'm teaching uh, baking online and in person. So. Those people are also coming from social media, um, so that's my way to promote myself, and that's the way that I'm uh, monetizing the, yeah, the audience. It's like it's basically like being an entrepreneur, like you know, uh, being a an independent uh, businessman. Y- you are looking for opportunities, and the whole concept. About social media, and that's very important for me to to point here, is attention. You are, I have an I have a, a a little bit over a million people that are attentive to what I have to say. So not necessarily that I will get that I will monetize or will get paid directly by their attention from views or from brand deals, but also from like. You know, when he will he- hear about someone that wants to open a bakery and needs a baker to build it for him, he will be like, oh, Ben I'll go for him. So that's my, I keep the attention Instagram there, yeah.
0: is also changing all the time. You read it in a newspaper, the algorithms and you know, whatever is happening there. What is your strategy for continuous growth?
1: So, uh I hope that no one in Instagram or TikTok hearing our uh, podcast, but uh, in, in general, um the future is owning your own um owning the the audience. Basically, um, I have as uh, as I said over a million followers on social media. It's nice to have, it's good for brands that are coming to me, but at the end of the day, I have I don't know who they are. Um so the best strategy, I would say, for everyone that's starting producing content and growing his, his social media presence, or in general, everyone that is like already doing it. Build a newsletter or a website. That's the only way that you can actually communicate directly with your audience. And um, yeah, basically owning, owning the community. Uh, without that, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there was a bug on Instagram and um, they blocked a couple of like thousands of followers and like people saw decline in their following in like a couple of minutes and I-, I lost like about 10,000 followers in like an hour. Uh, they came back, <laughs> thankfully. But that moment I was like so panicked and I was like, Wow. I really need to change something. I really need to feel secure. Tomorrow they are closing Instagram, tomorrow they are closing TikTok, what I have no business. So in the last couple of uh, months, in the past year, I'm developing my newsletter, which there I'm bringing even more value than what I'm sharing like on social media. Social media now it's like partially entertaining, partially education. Uh, Some people are, I'm trying to uh, approach to the broad audience. So I'm trying to like keep people also entertained, but at the same time, giving them like real value. In my newsletter, I'm trying to give them full value, keep them there um, and grow it as much as I can. So, you know, converting all the audience that I have on social media uh, to newsletter or website. So eventually when I will launch products, a cookbook in the future and everything like that, I will have direct contact with them. Super
0: advice. Thanks a lot. Um, I have... One final question for you. I ask that to to every guest. Let's assume you need to pick your last meal. What would be your last meal?
1: I would say it would be a salad. A salad. Um, A chopped salad, cucumbers, tomatoes, herbs, maybe a little bit of yogurt, um, strong lemon juice, olive oil, salt. Really good. (laughs) <laughs> nutritious healthy great meal okay,
0: no pita no hummus
1: actually I forgot that I'm a baker <laughs> <to> say that. <laughs> if we can repeat it, the, this question again I would be like sourdough bread of course
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, Ben thanks a lot really quick before we end where can people find you
1: uh, so um, uh, um, you can find me either on Instagram, TikTok or YouTube under Ben Gingy on my website, benjinji.com, uh, and on my newsletter. The, the link is in bio, <laughs> both on Instagram and, and TikTok.
0: And we're going to link all of that in the show notes. Ben, thanks a lot. Um, great to have you and to the listeners. Thank have you. Have a nice day.
1: Thank you for having me.